Lads, we're back. Adam. Whoa. Mike. Alex, how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm fine. I'm going to talk about some coaching changes that just happened. <laughs> First off, though, Daniel's not here because he's got stuff going on. He's cool. Just, you know, OUC stuff and all that. So we recruited someone in. No one else. The unofficial fourth member of the show. Mike is back. Mike, how are you? I am good, boys. Thanks for having me. How are you That's guys doing? Cool. I think we're fine. I think uh, I'm- is that I'm, I'm, is that an acceptable introduction? I mean, you I, was ex- <laughs> I was expecting. <laughs> I was waiting for your eminence. I was waiting for the excellent his excellency, but it's okay. I know getting- where our respect level is at. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, there's a lot we get to talk about today. But we're obviously going to talk about the biggest story in hockey right now. And as earlier today, the Montreal Canadiens, they've saved my soul because they have finally fired Dominique Ducharme. And the interim head coach, I was fascinated because you can't do it to Burroughs. You can't make it Richardson because he's not French and you've got that rule. It's Marty Saint-Louis as the interim for this season. So I think before we go too deep into Marty St. Louis, because, uh, you know, that's, that's going to break Mike, the Rangers fan here. Um, let's just rewind a bit and leave, you know, saw what led up to the firing. We know the Canadians have eight wins this year. It's not looking good. I think it's 30 regulation losses and seven in overtime. Not great. Not great at all. They lose yesterday to the New Jersey Devils, 7-1. to one. The Devils, who I believe were, were on a seven-game losing streak. They didn't have Blackwood. They didn't have Hughes. The Canadians who have only had this thing of we had some rest as opposed to when they played in January again after COVID. Guys had more time to relax back from vacation, back from Mexico, and they got stomped seven to one. That loss felt a bit different from the rest of them. And just like that, Dom Ducharme is finally gone. Before we send it to Mike, because I feel like he wants to uh, just tell about because we were playing NHL after the second period because I wasn't watching the third. Yeah, okay, just give him his reaction and me seeing all the goals as they popped up in my notification feed. Alex, after that New Jersey game, were you thinking that was it? I mean, it, it had to be it at some point. And, and I think, and I don't think it's just that one game that led me to say, wow, that's it. I think it was, uh, I don't remember who originally tweeted it, but it was going around 33 goals in five games, uh, 33 goals allowed in five games. That was Renault Lavoie who was tweeting okay. that about. Like, that's bad. Adam didn't appreciate when I echoed that tweet to him yesterday. Like, I'm sure I wasn't. Like, that's got to be like, this is this is done. Like, you've lost the room. Something's wrong. Like, there's injuries and there's co- the, the, the COVID issue that uh, was in December. But that's that's a li- almost inexcusable. Like, that is inexcusable. I'm almost impressed he lasted this long this year. I know, right? It felt like I I made an example in my video where I'm pretty sure I wanted to, I think it was the year after they won the cup in 93 or maybe even the year after that Jacques Demers started the year like 0 and 5 and he got fired from Mario Trump. And then was obviously look what happened with Trump and what ruined the franchise <clears throat> for a decade more to now. And Dom Ducharme just got so much leeway. A part of it, it seems to be was said was the financial side of it. He's just in the first year of a three-year deal that pays him around $1.7 million. We know if Claude Julian's $5 million is being paid for this year. So it's basically, you know, it's 6.7 in cap, 
not not in cap, sorry, but in, in dead money going to coaches not to coach for you. Um, and the Canadians haven't had fans in the stands consistently for years now. So there's a financial side to it. That's Mike, almost as to- much as the Arizona Coyotes are make playing at ASU. That was a good tweet of yours, Alex. That was a good tweet yes, of yours. I, got, I had to repeat it on the show. You got to sell a year it, but... to college students to pay one. <laughs> Mike, do you want to give your perspective as to as you and I were playing show yesterday and I refused to watch the third period? Oh, it, was, it was so funny. So funny. I'm, so we're playing shell, which means that and to put into perspective, Adam and I regularly play NHL together and he's already extremely flustered because the majority of the time I usually win. Um, although in all fairness, he played very well yesterday in our final game. Um, but so it just puts into perspective how bad this game was that he was willing to leave that game where he was flustered by that game to do something less flustering and NHL with me is not less flustering to him, but every single goal that went, that went in, like, I think it, what was it? Like five, one, four, one, when we start playing. So at the end of the second, it, when New Jersey had scored to make it four, one, I texted you saying chill in 10 minutes. I then mm-hmm. walked downstairs, sat on my bed. And before the period had ended, they made it five, one. And I, and I, remember, I didn't know what the score of the game was. I thought it was like two, nothing. And I was like, oh, what's the score of the game? And he's like, 5-1. I was like, ooh. And then you just we, – we kind of ignored it because every time his phone rang, it was like the, the notification of the score. We were just quiet. It was like the Hunger Games. You know, at the end, <laughs> at the end of, the, of, of the competition day, the cannons fire for every, every person that perished. That's literally what it was. It was just dead silence as the goals just kept coming. <laughs> I want to talk about it. Even but at least, you know, hey, at least Brett Kulak scored. I was very happy about that. For a second, I thought that Paling deflected it, but it turns out it was Brett. So that if they had taken that away, like, that was such a. There was this play where Cherry Lekkinen had the hand eye and he like batted the puck out the air and he hit the crossbar. And you're like, first off, that is the most Lekkinen play I've ever seen. The guy, great <laughs> chances and hits the post. You love to see it. But it was just, it was just, Jeff Petrie wasn't great. There was another goal, I forget, it may have been the third one or fourth one, where Jeff Petrie is on the right side and he follows the puck carrier who crosses over to the other side of the ice. Left side of the, uh, let's say, defensive zone, but offensive zone perspective for New Jersey. He follows the puck carrier and then abandons the right side of the ice. And then, boom, a devil comes, scores. I think it may have been McLeod's second goal. And you're just thinking, what's going on here? He was. It was a horrible night for him and Kulak. Beside Brett's goal and it, it, Petrie's it, mental game has just been non-existent this year. It, it's funny you bring up Jeff Petrie. I, I was scrolling through Cap Friendly uh, this afternoon. I was definitely not in class, um, <laughs> and and I saw a trade proposal between Edmonton and Montreal. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, let, let's see what this is. So it had, I don't remember the details specifically. Wait, wait, but hold it, on. Was it an Oilers or Habs fan that set it up? Oh, man, I, I, I'm not sure. but Okay, okay. I, I'm not sure, but um, the trade involved Jeff Petrie going to Edmonton and Tyson Berry going to Montreal. And as you're describing Jeff Petrie, I'm like, wow, that trade would be horrible because it'd be worse. 
you're creating the same type of player. Barry's younger, yeah, but it's it's your talent. Honestly, at first off, I think Barry's a lesser offensive player, to be honest. And it's just you're trading the same type of player for it, it just doesn't make sense. And it'd be full circle for Jeff Petrie going back to Edmonton. Do, uh, that's true, yeah, because he loved it there so much. You know what? Yeah. He would he would fit in a lot more there. But then again, they need some defensive help, not offensive help. Anyway, so what happens there is we go today, and there were whispers from French reporters that it looked like Dominic Ducharme was going to go. Then it happened. It actually happened. And what's very interesting is in the press release at the bottom, the last line was. The next head coach will be named later today, which then led to a few hours of pure speculation. <laughs> uh, you're thinking, which was hilarious. Every name was out there. You saw Babcock. It felt like apparently whatever station Guy Boucher works for, he wasn't uh, part of the the panel talking about the firing. You, so everyone kind of thought, oh, no, it's Boucher. You think they did that on purpose? Maybe, maybe he was, I don't know his normal <laughs> schedule, but maybe it was just, ah, uh, Boucher is gone. So anyway, but no, it wasn't Guy Boucher. Uh, it wasn't Patrick Waugh, which I'm sure he was probably licking his chop. Maybe it's going to be me. It, it wasn't Alain Vigneault, which people were scared of. It wasn't Claude Julien. It wasn't Pascal Vincent. The interim head coach who will speak to the media tomorrow at 1130 a.m., the Hall of Famer, the former Tampa Bay Lightning, the former New York Ranger, I'll never forget 2014, Marty, so they can't swear. It's Marty St. Louis. I did not see this coming at all. I was blindsided by this properly. decision. Party Marty? Marty tree trunks. Marty, you, oh. man, you know, the original, like, my goodness, look at those calves. Well, that, guy's got, that guy's got, that guy's got legs to just, that can. Yeah, not even just his calves. His thighs are his thighs huge. His thighs are huge. bigger than my entire upper body. Legit, <laughs> yeah. some cracks like and nuts between those lines. Oh my god, huge! So you I, have a short king who will proceed to coach another short king in Kokov. Anyway, your guys' is an initial reaction, and what we'll do is we'll start with Mike because it is the former Ranger. First off, your reaction when you're a very beloved Ranger, beloved player. Great story with Marty St. Louis, the Hall of Famer, undersized player. Really fought to get into the league. First, it was Jeff Gordon. Now, now it's Marty St. Louis going to the house. How do you feel, Mike? Uh, like that, no wonder he ended up there because of JG. But also, it's just, it's, you know, I'm happy for him. As upsetting as it is that he's going back home, it's, you know, obviously... As a Rangers guy, I didn't get the full Marty St. Louis experience. Marty St. Louis will is remembered as a Tampa Bay Lightning. He's always going to be. But, you know, Marty St. Louis scored that Mother's Day goal in the Garden. He was there um, in that Stanley Cup final where, you know, he was there among legends. Rick Nash got to his Stanley, his Stanley Cup final there. Hank got to his Stanley Cup final there. Marty St. Louis was part of that. And he was a very vital part of the club. So, and I always knew that he had a future in hockey. He had a future in the NHL. I know that he he said that he was going to take some time to focus on his family. And he's He's been retired for how many years now? I think uh, I'll double check. Uh, he has not played in the league since uh, 2015. 2017. 2015. Wow. Okay. I keep thinking it's 2020, but Marty hasn't played for a long time. And he said 
that he wanted to dedicate his time to his family. And rightfully so. He has, he has some young kids that are growing up. And to my knowledge, he was coaching their Pee-wee AAA team this year. Yeah. And now um, imagine being that minor hockey team. Imagine being on the bench like one game before. And the coach tells you where you're going to be going through at practice. And the next day you find out he's in the NHL and you're like, okay, anyways. But I'm very happy for Marty. I know, like, you know, there are certain players that GMs and uh, or notable people in hockey say have a future in the game after the game. Not everyone really has a future in the game, like in managing or in coaching after the game. But Marty's one of those guys. It, it takes me back to when Gabriel, to, to when Brian Burke said on Spit and Chicklets that he was like, oh, Gabriel Landeskog, he's one of those players. He is going to be a general manager in the NHL one day. And it took me back to how many people said the same thing about Marty St. Louis, about how much he, despite being older, despite being shorter and having a much different route to the NHL, not being the top prospect. um, He was just one of the boys. So I think it's a great hiring. I really hope it works out for him. I really hope he can help at least maybe not turn the ship around, but at least kind of course correct it because it's, you know, the bar's a little low right now. Um, and yeah. Alex, what do you think the first job that Marty St. Louis is going to have? What's his number one priority going for the rest of the season here? Implementing a system or, yeah, implementing a system that fits with the future of, or what the future should be of the Montreal Canadiens and in, in the immediately plays Jeff, Cole Caulfield Je- on the fourth line <laughs> of Jeff Gordon and uh, Kent Hughes, which is a, f- a fast offensive team. And I think you'll get that uh, from Marty St. Louis. By the way, he also apparently uh, won the season around 2019. He was doing some consulting work with the blue jackets uh, regarding special teams with John, John Tortorella back there. I'll never forget when Marty Stanley retired, by the way, that John Tortorella like, was at his, at his retirement ceremony, was like, man, he was a bastard to coach. <laughs> oh, that was really, really funny. Um, but you know, his big thing is, honestly, he's going to have to... It, the development of, of their young core is going to be so important, a.k.a. he needs to be a coach that can understand and really learn how to use Cole Caulfield. That's my big thing is, man, just a bit of trust in the young man. You know what I mean? It's they need to, and I've talked about this before, the culture of making sure young players are comfortable and aren't afried to make mistakes. He's not confidence, confidence, man. Because that's the thing. Cole Caulfield has no confidence being in a bottom six role like this. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything, you know, I think just hearing this hiring already, Caulfield must be like, okay who slowly starts to bring it back up. And I hope that that helps a lot. It's like a, a shock charge to him. It's, you know, Caulfield fell in his draft. Like he did. He shouldn't have gone 15th. And you can guarantee he fell because of his size. Um, now, you know, the moment he touched the NHL, you know, he was a superstar. It was incredible how good he was. And, you know, he comes off winning the Holy Baker, the world junior gold. He was great. Uh, and then this season has just been like one goal for him, one goal for Cole Caulfield. That's not enough. That's not, and he can't have. Which is tough because, like, I don't want to ruin your parade, but like, I mean, there was a lot of expectations for him to be a call the Calder winner, if not at least a Calder finalist. I had him as the winner. I was like, he'll score twenty goals, no problem, and no, absolutely not. Um, so get him going. 
You loan in a chance too. You like to see that guy. A, a lot to do there. A lot to do there. Marty, please save the team. <laughs> please save the team. It's going to take a while. See, here's what's going to be rough for St. Louis too is I don't know how much practice time they're going to have because this is when the schedule picks up too. Yep. You know, February and March are just such a pain for, for the Habs. as There's so many Canadian teams right now. So, And that goes into account with what JG and Hughes are going to be thinking. Because to tell you the truth, barring disaster, there's no way that Marty doesn't coach next year. Because it's like Sheldon Keefe. He'll have his time to get in there, implement his own systems, and have a proper training camp, and have a roster that looks a little more like what he wants. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, I'm telling you, unless something happens like where they're actually even worse or they have the opportunity, I don't even know how what, what free agent coaches are out there right now, but they have the opportunity to scoop up somebody with a much better pedigree. I just, I, I'm already thinking he's going to be the coach next year. Even like a two-year extension, and then at the end of that, it's like, all right, Mario, let's see what we're doing here. Like exactly what they did with like with Lisa, yeah. the Sheldon Keefe. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Montreal. I want to talk about something else here regarding the Habs, and then we can uh, we can move on from there. PK Subban was talking to the media. First off, he had some really good things to say about Carey Price that people should try and look. And naturally, with you know the sort of change in direction that the Habs are going in right now, he was asked. Um. So this is from John Liu, the tweet. New Jersey Devils, uh, Subban invokes Kevin Garnett's anything's possible regarding his future. When asked about the potential return to Montreal uh, as a UFA, he said, you want to play where you're wanted, says Subban, who appreciates New Jersey trading for him, adding, Montreal will always be a home for me. I think it was fair to say if Bergeron was in charge, he was never going to come back. But we know since Subban left... I think there's been like videos on his YouTube channel of him like vlogging in Montreal. Uh, he, there's ads about him coming back to the city. Uh, his best years were in Montreal. So if you're getting rid of Jeff Petrie and you want to defend, think of, think of it like this. You know who Alexander Romano was a big fan of growing up? Okay. Andre Markov. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember you mentioned that. Who did P.K. Subban play? Who won P.K. Subban and Norristrope? Andre Markov. Is it not poetic for then what PK could do is come back to Montreal when the guys who got rid of him are gone, build that trust, make him feel wanted, and then he helps teach the next generation of Canadians defensemen. Now that they seem to be going in a direction where PK Subban and his style of play would have really been wanted, as opposed to the very defensive style they've had for like a decade now. Yeah, I think it's. I think there's a lot of benefits off the ice to bringing PK Subban in, but PK Subban is is not the PK Subban of five years or uh, three four years ago. Three four years ago, when whenever he got traded out of Montreal, like, and, and I don't mean that because of the teams he's played on are bad. I just think his body is not the same body that it was four years ago. And that, that's going to take it. That's taken a toll. Like it's visibly taken a toll, especially on his back. As we know. Michael. I, uh, I hope if he does, then Marty teaches him to stop slew footing. <laughs> that's uh, 
That's a very good point. In all seriousness, no, it would be it would be interesting. It's like coming full circle. I mean, the city of Montreal, PK, has such an outstanding legacy with the Habs fan base. Because, like, ultimately, when PK was traded, the fan base was not happy. Oh, I mean, no. Sure, Shea Weber's happy. Shea Weber's Shea Weber, and it both worked out in different ways. But <clears throat> You know, that regime that was leading the Montreal Canadiens is now gone. My question is, how much money are you bringing him in for? It's not like he can really command. Like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate if they gave him like a two-year deal and gave him like five. Because obviously he's not making nine anymore. But if you bring him in on a shorter-term deal and you know make him be like a PK, you can be a leader here. Obviously, like you're four. not going to give him like seven million or that. I don't know who would even give it to him, but. I think four is generous. Really? really? I think four is generous. I think he's just lost a lot of his mojo. PK has one of the most phenomenal edge work, has some of the most phenomenal edge work I've ever seen in the game in the sense that it looks really clunky, but it still works. And that's how it's always been. Um, and not to mention that he has a hell of a shot. So I just wonder what would it be like if he was on a better team? What well, maybe he could command more. I don't know. I think four would be a safe bet. Here's why I say five is beside the right-handed defenseman thing, how difficult it might be bringing free agents to Canada next season, this is which true. we, we know is going to be a problem. Now I, this, oh, I don't it? think PK needs the money, but you know, you Wait. you have the heart. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. I was no, no. I was gonna make a joke. Finish no. what you were gonna say. No, go ahead. It's just PK. Bring him back. No, I, I was gonna say I, I I wasn't sure if it was gonna be difficult for Canadian teams. Uh, Gary Bettman wasn't convincing enough. Oh, God, he, God, he's a butt. He's such a butt. You know what? Yes, though, that's the thing, though. Do you really think it's gonna be that hard? Um, I mean, it depends on the market. Well, I, I mean, mean, it depends on if an election happens or not. Um, like, okay, <laughs> like you're uh, talking Quebec, then you're not talking. No, I'm talking on Ontario, Ontario too. Okay, Ontario as well. Ontario's but, having an election. I mean, Toronto, Alberta, all those teams are different. Yeah, but I think, I mean, the league is starting to move past and start playing. I mean, it's different. I mean, Canada's obviously suffered a lot more than the United States markets have, but I have faith that it'll be better next year. Hey, man, I'm hoping too. I'm just, I'm yeah. just going off of what's out there. I, I My do faith think is more so on what teams are like. Uh, actually, like Calgary's not going to be that good next year. Montreal's still not going to be that good next year. I still think it's going to be hard. To bring like I think it's just generally hard be like pre-COVID. Like what was uh Brian Burke always said? If you have an eight team no trade list, it's yeah. the seven Canadian teams and and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I just un- unless something miraculous miraculously has changed, I just I, I don't see that changing. Like we saw it here in Toronto, like one of the reasons, other than the fact that he got three years, but Zach Bogosian left, one of the reasons was was because of the restrictions like this is or that was the rumor i would believe mm. it I, I i think we all three of us would believe that like it, it is an issue the of course, deadline... not to mention the whole taxes and all that stuff yeah but... yeah 
the deadline think- is going to be interesting. Like maybe if it's better by the summer, but the deadline getting guys to waive clauses is probably going to be really difficult. Yeah, we'll get to Calgary yeah, a little will. later because they're pretty. It looks like they're going to maybe make a move, but um, listen, PK, if you're listening, please come back. Please come back. It was so nice. Come on, teach the young kids. Ghoulie and that. You love this. Come on, PK. You know you want it, buddy. Come on. Take the kids out for a night on the town, PK. Yeah, you know he knows the spots. Come on. Come on. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Pair Networks. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choosing a website hosting service that makes it simple like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design and They have guaranteed U.S.-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you will receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit Pair.com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the quote quick start that's pair p-a-i-r dot com slash free promo code quick start all one word to get started today today is a bit of a sad day for the world of hockey because we say goodbye to probably the greatest goaltender in maple leafs history oh wait a minute sorry <laughs> didn't play a game uh congratulations to tico rass the boston bruins goaltender um, he's got a Stanley Cup, not as the story, but he's got a Stanley Cup in there. Um, one of the greatest goaltenders in Finland's history. Gosh, they've got a guy, they've got a lot of great goalies, eh? Rene and that great stuff. Um, he tried to come back from injury. His stats were not great this year. Um, like Ben Bishop, it's just he tried to come back and he just the body doesn't seem to be right there. It's it's sad to see him go out like this, but what a freaking career for Tuka Rask. Oh, that guy is that that is uh that guy is unbelievable. He's a very, very, I very good goalie. I rate him extremely highly. Yeah, I mean, Tuca, it's sad. It really is sad. I mean, he would have been playing, like, the whole retirement thing aside, he would have played this year if he didn't have that injury to start with. Um, so, you know, it's difficult with goalies. Your body just takes so such a bigger beating over a longer period of time. And he actually just released a statement. It's really, it's really nice. I'm kind of looking at it right now, just quickly browsing it, talking about, you know, how heavy of a heart it is for him to, to, to retire. But I mean, Hey man, this guy had a hell of a career. He was looked upon for every situation for every team he's played for as the go-to goalie whether that's on the Olympic stage, whether that's in the world stage, World Cup of Hockey, whether that's in uh, in the Stanley Cup. He he was <clears throat> he's one of the most legendary goalies to ever go out. And he was kind of funny, like all the videos that they made. You could tell that him he had a very deep connection, not just to not just his teammates, like, you know, guys like Tori Krug 
And I mean, obviously he's not with the Bruins, but you can see that they were close. Brad Marchand, um, Chara, and not even just that, but like his connection to the city of Boston, you know, you never really hear anything bad ever from Duke Rask. So, you know, I think you mentioned Corey Krug. I just saw the statement actually, uh, Krug to this is to Amelie Benjamin on Twitter, uh, Tori Krug to me today, quote, it's tough to put into words what he did for the Boston Bruins for 15 seasons. He's obviously at the top of the, um, at the top of the stats for goaltenders, uh, in one of the most storied franchises in the NHL. Uh, and his, play speaks for itself i think having a backbone like him uh just how good he was for all those years it gave us the the confidence and we had nothing to worry about playing in front of him because we knew he was going to uh, show up nightly uh and he definitely did it so man he was um it's really sad to see the goalies that we've sort of seen like seen slowly leave the game over the past couple of years a little longer ago but lalongo bishop uh, Lundquist wasn't to do with his knees or a back, but you know, his heart. But um, like guys going out, and yeah, I'm sure he would have liked to have won a cup as the starter. He got close against um, St. Louis, but you know things just don't go that way. Um, and then we might see it soon with Carey Price too. Uh, it's a real shame. Even like Jay Fresh was putting up some numbers about some of like the more advanced stats to do with goalies, and Rask is right up there with the best of them. Um, just, man, it's going to be tough for the Bruins. Bergeron's not playing tomorrow. Who knows what he's looking like? He's getting older. Um, the Bruin now with Rask on, the Bruins are going to look very different next year. It really feels like it. Even if Bergeron doesn't retire, he's coming to Montreal and Nick Suzuki, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I was interested. I mean, Swayman is the goalie of the future. Um, and it was hard to see him go back to the AHL. I mean, I know you got Allmark in there, but... I mean, Swayman doesn't belong in the AHL. No. Swayman no, is no. an NHL goalie. So, um, you know, I told Adam this a while back when him and I were talking about what, um, you know, what lies ahead for Carey Price. And reality is even just in the NHL in general, but especially with goalies, you really never, ever get to dictate the way you go out. And the NHL, much less alone. But him and I both talked about it, at least when it comes to um, Hank, Hank didn't play a single game with the Washington Capitals, and he was under contract with them for a year. Carey Price, he signed for how many more years? Three? Uh, I think it's like five. Yeah, five more years. The reality is it's not going to end that way. And, you know, Tuca, he's dealt with so many injuries over this the past few years that, you know, even when you get to the Stanley Cup final and, you know, when you lose, there's nothing more crushing than it. And that was only in 2019. Um, nobody, I mean, we, we knew the window was closing, at least for the Bruins, but this really affirms it to me that the window will be effectively closed within the next year or two. Yeah, he's got to be, he's got to be one of, if not the best goalie to play for the Boston Bruins. Yeah. I'm trying to think who are <laughs> I almost want to say Tim Thomas. Fair enough, but yeah, I was yeah, gonna like say like Jerry Cheevers. I mean, I didn't want to look all the way back. But I was literally gonna say Jerry Cheevers. Yeah, like their games played. Uh, he's he's leader in games played. Uh, he is essentially leaders in leader in save percentage uh, behind Jeremy Swayman and Chad Johnson. Uh, so I'm just gonna <laughs> remove them from that list and in wins. Yeah. 
like him and Tony Thompson. And how is Tim Thomas top five in wins for the Bruins? I feel like he barely played. The Bruins have had like four goalies in their history and they've all been like Hall of Fame level. And then Tim Thomas, who caught fire for like three years and then disappeared. <laughs> what? That's so strange. And again, maybe if they had better goalies, Bobby Orr would have had a dynasty. But Ken Dryden was like, hey, what's up, buddy? And then you know, we all know that one. Okay. We should also mention more at the Bruins here. Brad Marchand has two different, I think it's one hearing, but it has to, I've never seen this before, has a hearing in person for two different incidents uh, to do with uh, Pittsburgh yesterday. There was a bit of a hoobla, a bit of a brouhaha, a bit of a situation. Um, well, first off, earlier in the game, it was really funny. This clip came where they're in Boston, right? And Tristan Jari's in net. And there's a penguin, like a small child. And Jari's like getting the puck ready to flip it over. It's more difficult for a goalie to get a grip than the player, right? So he's about to flip it. Martian knocks the stick out of his, like off of his stick, picks up the puck and skates away, which was like, oh, come on. That's a child. I'm sure the kid got something anyway. I'm sure Jari was like, can we do this? But it, it started because it wasn't just like, Jari was like, just put his hands up. He skated after Martian. So later on, towards the end of the game, you know, there's the incident with Crosby and Bergeron, but no. Um, there's this kerfuffle in front of them that um, Jari does hit a Bruin with his stick, by the way. Jack Edwards pointed this out. Of course um, he did. Yeah, but I, I, wanted to, I wanted to give everyone a fair shake here. So it looked like Jari, yeah. I think it may have been... Uh, uh, who was it? Who's the guy we always make up, make fun of? Um, Coy, I think it was Charlie, may have been Charlie Coyle who he hit. Um, and in the ensuing chaos, Marshan gives a bit of a sucker punch to Jari. Also, when the ref is trying to pull uh, Marshan away from it, he gets the stick up and slashes Jari too. Uh, it's an in-person hearing. I think it's happening soon or it's uh, tonight. To- tonight. Mm-hmm, it's I happening think. tonight. So in-person, for those of you who don't know, gives them grounds to go more than five games here. Uh, I believe he was actually suspended earlier this year with the Panarin incident, or it was right afterwards and they dinged him. The other official thing was they added an extra game to his suspension because of the Panarin stuff. I don't know what Marshan gets here. Is it just going to be like, because how do you put this? Do you say like two games for each incident and you stack it? Or is it like, how do you, how do you add this up? Because there was red mist. It seems to be, especially with the slash. I mean, I'm not going to, like, are you saying, like, stack on what he did to Jari about trying to pass the puck? Because Yo, I, that was that was nothing. That's That was that was all time. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. He's like, you're oh, no, not the, not the, the stick. No, not the giving the puck to the you thing. You mean the stick to the face? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, no. I think, yeah, no. That, that was, I didn't think the punch was that bad. I mean, that was just Brad Marchand being Brad Marchand. I mean... We've we've talked so much about goalies, and truth be told, I think goalies need to start playing with a bit more balls, because if Aaron Dell can go out and rib a guy like Drake Bathers and like that, then a goalie can take a small a small punch. That wasn't that bad. The stick, but uh, that's go ahead. No, no, I'm but I, I don't think that's the issue. Is that the know, issue? Is they're not the in issue. the issue? Is they're not engaged in a fight? Like Max Domi got suspended for that for punching Eric Ekblad with a glove on. Like, yeah, that right? was a like, sucker punch. That yeah. Was, that was yeah, a sucker. Like that, yeah. yeah punch, no, I understand that, that first punch from Marshan didn't look that bad to me. It was, okay, a stick that was bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. On Alex. Does no, he, I, I would no, It's not that it's the, it's he punched him. 
correct like he punched him like is that yeah. if that's the rule like okay i'm not saying suspend him 50 games i'm saying like he punched him like you okay, got to suspend him i'm for still that. saying that the i'm still saying the stick is worse than than the punch sure like, he's the gonna reason, get suspended for both like yeah, that's he's what's gonna happening get suspended for both but if it was just the punch he wouldn't have gotten an in-person hearing no 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 probably not yeah that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. honestly it, it carries more of the stick because that goes through your eye if that goes through yeah. the through uh your goalie mask you're gonna you're gonna end up like what happened with thomas Volkun. Right. so like you know I, I i'm taking that a lot like honestly if the nhl were gonna go far with the punch because of the fact that it's it's brad marsh they'd give him like two games but if it comes to to this yeah they're gonna stack it on that's why they're gonna make it like probably like five maybe six i, I, I just get blown out of the water yeah. by this but yeah no, I, I just think it's ironic that like, what, two months ago, Brad Marchand's like, well, you know, I've cleaned up my game and like, I don't do this stuff anymore. Why are they still suspending yeah, me like that? Rat. Okay, then don't <laughs> talk like I'm fine. Like, just then don't say that. Like, you you, you look like an idiot. <laughs> no offense. Like, it's just you say something like that and then turn around, and do that. I'd rather him just be a rat. He's, I'd, ra- he's I'd not rather doing himself any other favor. No, yet. he's not. Like I'd rather just complain about him being a rat than have to say, "Well, Brad, you said this like three <laughs> months ago." Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> so the, the hearing itself, there's. I would assume there's going to be at least one game for both because it, the hearing, the tweet themselves do say that it's for the roughing slash high sticking. So they're looking at both probably. Right. Yeah. So. Regardless, it's it's probably going to be. I don't see them probably going less than four because they they pulled out the hearing. And I want to see even when Shifley was well, he got his in person, and that was four, I think. Yeah, yeah, was it four? Yeah, because he yeah because they got swept and he missed the first game of the year. Mm-hmm. There's just yeah. So I don't see it being less than four, but because he's been suspended this year, I wonder if they raise it more. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't like he concussed a guy. So, but I it's it's because it's Marshan and he's done it. Like at least when Wilson's been suspended, I don't know if he's been suspended m- multiple times in a single season. But there's obviously been he is a repeat offender. He's when done Marchand, like a year apart. Not to mention another thing. I don't want to accuse him of anything nefarious. I don't think the league are very happy with Brad Marchand lately. Right. He's been he, very vocal. He's been a little outspoken against the league. <laughs> he, yes, he's been talking. Bit. He's been talking a, a little too much for Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. Making fun of the Hurricanes and the Olympics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Brad yeah, Marchand. He's not doing himself any favors. But at the end of the day, Brad Marchand is a veteran. He's mm-hmm. an NHL veteran. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants. So mm-hmm. sure. I don't think it was the Carolina Hurricane stuff that will get him in trouble. He went after the Arizona. He no, he went after the Arizona Coyotes. That's Gary Bettman's baby. I don't know. I think he does have. (laughs) I think he does have a family, but like it's it's his business baby. He went after the Arizona Coyotes. That's that's not allowed. That's inexcusable. Done so. Would you like to see a? Uh, would you like to hear some breaking news from Mark Olivier Baldin? Uh sure. He's finally coming to Montreal. Hearing Vincent LeCavalier will be named assistant to GM Kent Hughes and will be announced as soon as tomorrow. Good. He's finally coming to Montreal. All these years <laughs> later. What the oh. hell is so going on? Today? Is he assistant GM or assistant to the GM? It looks like it's assistant to the GM, which is very interesting. 
all these years later, and Vin, Vinny's so, finally coming home. So all this news is broken today, and a single game hasn't even been played for another ten more minutes. Yeah, interesting news day. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good cycle. It's a good cycle. I can't wait for the jokes to come out that the Habs are just bringing back all the former Tampa Bay Lightnings, though. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Can't wait for that. Uh, on player safety note, there was a, another rather large brawl uh, with Minnesota and uh, Winnipeg. Adam Lowry and I think it was Marcus Foligno. He's only one Foligno on that team. I uh, got no fight and looks like there was a bit of a knee. <laughs> to Mr. Lowry. Also, did you see earlier in that that clip of Lowry pulling a dude out of a scrum like he was Dustin Bufflin? Yeah. That was great. I love that. Um, what do you guys make of that incident and what discipline could be given there? I mean, it's the NHL. Is how I'll, like I don't expect them to do much. It's about as consistent as the blue team in Hell's Kitchen. Ah. Oh. <laughs> What's the season? I think it's season 11, and it's like John's the only good competitor on that entire team. That was a <laughs> yeah. bad one. Should have won. Not Mary. No, it was Janelle who won. Ridiculous. Not, not good enough for me. See, it's not good enough for me. The, the thing with the NHL Department of Player Safety is that if it doesn't get enough publicity, they won't properly, uh, they won't properly enforce it. The um, only one criticizing them is Andrew Shaw. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. And well, like the thing here is, though, like Minnesota and uh, Winnipeg, like, yeah, people are talking about it, but everyone's talking about Brad Marchand right now. Right. So they'll talk, they'll properly enforce that one. This one, maybe it's just how the NHL Department of Player Safety works. You got to love George Peros. Got to love it. I don't like him. I don't like him. There's no former Hobbs slander tolerated here. So I mean, you know. Just George Barrows. Just you know, he's just he's not good at his job. Never has been. I mean, do you know what he? I uh, know I'm, I'm not going to get into. I'm not going to get into Tyler Myers concussing Joel Armia last year. Nothing. Get out of here. Oh, he's tall. So ridiculous. Okay. Uh, looking else around the league, we talked about player safety. We'll see what happens. The suspension and probably the the videos explaining it. Maybe we'll try and hit that next episode. That'll be fun. This. Is high sticking. This <laughs> is biting. <laughs> I will never get over that. Like that was ludicrous. That was honestly games, ludicrous. How many games did Brendan Lemieux get again? Uh not as much as we expected. Not enough. Not uh, five enough. games. Five games. Oh, that's <laughs> so ridiculous. He bit a human he, being. He ate a dude. He was by he bit him twice. He went back for seconds. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I can't believe that. It was only five games. Miss, that's we uh, miss, we miss you, Pep. We miss you. No, did you the Rangers? I don't know. Okay, uh, where else can we look around the league? Uh, I think we can. Oh, you know what? Because we got Mike here, and he's a big fan of Mr. Jack Eichel. It's so weird calling him Jack because every time we play Chow, we call him John Eichel. Uh, very that's, weird that's his birth name. Well, is that actually John? Yeah, I remember seeing on Reddit somebody that went to school with him posted a picture of his yearbook and it was him as a kid and it was John Eichel. Really? Yeah, like he was like in like the first grade or something. Yeah, it's John Robert Eichel. On the Robert. Is- well, John Eichel. Let's talk about John Eichel. So right now, the Vegas Golden Knights, um, people I think are getting a little confused by this. So, because ca- the cap is 
a joke. So <laughs> right now they their projected cap is 91 million. Their LTIR used is just over 10. Now, their their current cap space is 4.8 and some change afterwards. So they need to clear just over 5 million for Jack Eichel's 10 million dollar cap hit to come. Uh, we've known for a while, and it sounds like Vegas have known, obviously, as well, uh, that they have to make a move to fit him under the cap. And they've done this before. We all know what happened to Nate Schmidt and that. They're not afraid to make their moves. So the real question is, who is the guy who's going to get moved? I'm going to start with Mike here because we have had this. I believe the three of us actually had this discussion at a viewing party the other day. So go ahead, Mike. What's the move? How did they get Eichel in here? We talked about how they need to move what four point three. Yeah, you do. It's, it's around there, four point three around, going towards mm-hmm. like five ish. Mm-hmm. I I think the best, you know, it sucks, but the best move is to move Riley Smith because Riley Smith he's he's got a five million dollar cap hit, and he's going to be easier to trade for that value. And say Evgeny Dadunov, who makes the same amount of money because of the fact that at least you can get rid of Riley Smith now and then not lose him for nothing in the summer. It sucks because Riley Smith is in a, one of the original Golden Misfits. He was an integral part to everything that they've had up till now. But it's Jack Eichel. Like, so I think, on, and also, Evgeny Dadunov's got a modified no trade clause. So it's going to be easier to move Riley Smith. I think you send him, I don't know where you send him, honestly, but he's going to be a captain. I I think I know where he goes. Let's hear it. So think of it like this. Obviously, I'm pretty sure they acquired Dodonov before, like, then they, when did they get him, like, the draft? In the summer. Yeah. In the summer, right. so before they got Eichel. Yeah. I was about to say, what if there's a galaxy brain that they got him knowing that they were going to have to move a contract and Riley Smith was up? Um, so, you know, Dodonov sort of fills in that scoring w- winger role. Um, and I don't think they should bring in anybody, though. Hmm? I don't think, honestly, I think they should just dump him. Well, no, so what I mean is just, like, I was thinking maybe there was, like, this this whole, like, galaxy brain that Dodonov, they always knew, but they didn't because it was months before because here's what I'm thinking, Riley Smith. He can score. We know that. He always has. Going back to Florida days, it was so dumb that they got rid of him. But they're good now, so who cares? Um, a team that we know needs scoring, we're going to talk about a little later. Maybe Calgary fits in there. Um, that's like a, a guy we could go to. Alex, what about you? Is is Smith the move? I, I was going to say Dodonov, but uh, or Dadanov, but... I mean, Riley Smith, Riley Smith is a good shout. He's a UFA. Like if you can't, if you're not going to resign him or you don't think you're going to resign him, you might as well, I guess, move him uh, because you're going to bring Jack Eichel in. But if you think you can bring him back, I'd say move Evgeny Dodonov. I don't think he's, he has uh, 21 points in 45 games this year. I'm sure there's teams out there who could use him. I'm, I'm sure if you call Ken Holland. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I believe, With or even Brett. Money. <laughs> like he doesn't care. He, he does whatever he wants. Whatever makes the Oilers worse. Um, but or Brad for living. You call Brad for living. Like talk about secondary scoring. You guys brought him up before. That that is another move for them too. Ten teams. Well, no. Vancouver. 
Yeah, no, no, no. Rutherford's smart. We can't yeah. make those jokes anymore. They figured it out. Yeah. They've got sensible people running the organization now. I think uh, it'd be smart, though, just to move him for the five. Like, think about it. You still have to make some money work somehow, but they can do it if they send somebody down. But four point three out of that five million, that leaves you with seven hundred thousand. If you send a guy like this Danil Miramanov guy down or Ben Hutton or something, that makes the money work. That you that now you don't have to worry when you bring back Adam Brooks or Zach Whitecloud or Jake Biscoff, Bischoff, whatever. Just 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 for relief until you get to the playoffs. They're going to coast into the playoffs. They're the oh, best yeah. team in the Pacific. They're nasty. And then when they get to the Pacific, it's unfortunately we're not close enough to the playoffs that they can just like keep strolling with these LTIR. They're not Tampa, but uh, they're going to be nasty when the playoffs start. If the playoffs started right now, they'd be playing St. Louis. Which would be just such a heavy series. <laughs> such a heavy series. That'd be fun. Who starts? Like, Billy Huso or <laughs> Yes, yes, Billy Huso. What, what not just Alex them? Martinez. What? No, 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 no. Before we go anywhere, you gotta explain. You gotta explain the list. Oh the oh okay. So the list is You gotta so explain two things. Show. You gotta explain goalies and you gotta explain the list. So the list is over here. If I reach over, I might unplug my mic. Okay, so the list is very simple. So for first for context, so playing NHL with Mike is always an experience for me because I just <laughs> don't have any goaltending. I never get goaltending. It's awful. Mike joked that he's gonna put like clips together of all my goaltending. They're awful. Vegemel, I have a lot. Vegemel, I had to play as Arizona and Vegemel, Vegemelka was looking the other way. <laughs> for a say, like the other way. It's just awful. So then playing through, I made certain what I call the list. And it's a list of players that I'm benching anytime I use them because they've been so disappointing to me. Uh, Bowen Byram is one. Uh, Charlie McAvoy is another. Wow. Adam Larson, who cost me in an overtime game against Mike. Who's the latest edition? Uh, we're getting there. Hold on. Uh, Jordan <laughs> Bennington is indeed on the list because he did a, a poke check when the guy's coming out of the corner. That was embarrassing. Did it twice, I think. Um, did you try to fight someone in the game too? I wish I could. A, but or is that just a real life thing? No. Bennington also had a moment where I think he tried to play the puck and then it just, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, yeah. yeah you gave it right back to me. Yeah. It wasn't good. Um, and the final player is Connor McDavid. He, he made the list last night. <laughs> he made the list last night for an absolute and This is effort. real. Well, I, I also had Colorado last night, a game where I came back from 4-1 down but lost in the shootout. Because Very impressive. Dumb. Thank you. Um, Bowen Byron, was. I sat him for Jack Johnson. Wow. I, I was so dedicated to the list. Are they the same rating? Because I know in like the in the NHL 21, they were practically I the same. I think Johnson's rating. like a one, one point or two down. But Eric Jack Johnson's, Johnson's like, like 83, which now. is not right. And Jack Johnson's like a 79 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Eichel, once he, I can't wait to see. It, it's going to happen soon, whatever the move is, because Eichel's out of no contact jerseys, which is, it's so exciting to think he's about to start playing, isn't it? Yeah, he's only going to need a couple more practices. I mean, you know think about it. What was the timeline? We were expecting the month of February. March was stretching uh, it. Yeah, late February, sometime in March, I think was the. It was after the Olympic break was the original timeline, I think. When do yeah. the men start playing for ice hockey in the Olympics? 
That's that. That's a phenomenal question. Because I said, started? I said <laughs> if they had went, I said he was going to make it. And he's cutting it. Cl- Obviously, he didn't go, but I'm just saying <clears throat> I wasn't far off there. Athletes yeah. are weird, man. Mike, uh, it's funny you say, uh, has the Olympics started? Uh, the uh, IOC must have called the NHL for some marketing uh, tips because it's been marketed just as well as every NHL event. There you go. All right. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. That was a Sorry. good one. The NHL. I'm, just, I'm not Vegas. having it today. Why do Vegas have New York's third round pick? Uh, what happened there? Ryan Reeves. No. Yeah, Ryan Reeves. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. weird. That's a very strange one. Ryan Reeves, two goals this year. Um, Against the yeah, Leafs. when do you get them? Against the Leafs. I said when, it before. When does, when does Alex Martinez come back? He's, he's also on LTIR. Also, I love when they've got all this cap stuff coming up and they extended a few players in Vegas the other day. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> okay. Ooh, so, apparently per insider trading, um, Ottawa, Ottawa seems to be a popular team when it comes to trade calls. Uh, says he has as sellers from Pierre Lebrun. Great guy. Um, if we're thinking, I think the name Colin White's been thrown around there. We know Eric Brandstrom's a bit of a, a guy who's out there. Um, rough year for Ottawa. I, I wonder, like, what else do they even have to? What do they have to sell? But what is not a shame that didn't we joke Colin White was going to get traded, like right before he really starts getting the money on his deal? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I just want to double check the I money on that. that. If you guys want to quickly just talk about the Suns, uh, they they don't have a lot to trade. I think I'm looking here. I mean, I wouldn't trade a goalie unless it's uh, unless you're finding a partner for Matt Murray, who's not looked great. I think um, they're just going to do what they can in the sense that we all know how much uh, their owner likes to pay players, oh, and the. Re- <laughs> Eugene yeah. loves paying players. And the reality is that they have a bunch of free agents to sign this summer, UFAs. And instead of losing them for nothing, I mean, if the price is right, he can fetch a couple picks or players signed to longer term for their negotiating rights and so that they could boost it, a playoff team. Like, like a guy like Zach Sanford. Zach Sanford won a Stanley Cup with St. Louis. He's a, he's a physical player. Honestly, like a guy like Zach Sanford's a guy that I would have liked the Rangers to go for to replace Sammy Blaze. Same team that they played on that year as well. Nick Paul, Nick Paul took a giant step last year and he's looking to finally be a serviceable middle six to lower six on a contending team NHLer. Tyler Ennis is one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, you have Chris Tierney has always been ser- serviceable. Josh Brown, what teams need defense? And I, I don't know about Anton Forsberg, but but right. think about it. Look how much they can weaponize for these players in the sense that how many teams need cap space? You know how many sweeteners? You know how many sweeteners this team that, that sweeteners that could be better than the, the players themselves that they're like basically like in order to get these middle of the pack players. These teams are going to be giving you bad contracts in exchange for them, but they're going to have to throw some form of sweetener in there for it. So that's well, if Pierre doesn't no, no, F things up. Not even that. They'll be the middle team for a three-team trade. Exactly. They, yeah, exactly. Right. Like we saw last year when they had to start getting creative. They can be a broker for many teams. So I think 
Yeah, I, I completely understand where they wouldn't be, you know, they're going to be a popular target for sure, but they could be a popular target just as a broker alone. You guys want to know the only player on this team that has a signing bonus who isn't on an ELC? I have an idea. But I have an idea, but I'm I'm not confident in it. So Mike says Kachuk. What do you say? Alex? No, no, no I, I said it isn't Kachuk. Oh, isn't okay. Who, who uh, do you? Each I, of you guess. I think it's Thomas Shabbat, but I'm not entirely sure. Mike, did Connor Brown sign with them? Yeah, it might be down. Yeah, either Shabbat or downtown. Oh, I'm looking neither. under signing bonuses it's on ne- cap it's, friendly. It's neither. Oh my god! It's one player. He has two years left. He has a two million dollars oh. signing bonus this year and next. Oh no! Is Nikita Zaitsev? Oh my god! How could I not have known? Because he signed that contract with the Leafs. I guess yeah. it came out since, but that's what I mean. I guess they, that's I'll hilarious. never forget that trade. I was on my way home. I was driving home from New York. I was somewhere in in Pennsylvania, and I was just. Just having a bad day. I hate driving just long distances. And then just I see my phone and I just start laughing because Ottawa genuinely acquired Nikita Zaitsev from the Leafs for Cody Stacey. And they matched him up against Matthews one night and he got destroyed because, of course, uh, yeah. some, oh, just hit the mic. That that's, didn't sound good at that. Whoops. That is so that. that's so funny. The one player who has a signing bonus didn't even sign that contract with the Senators. That makes so much sense. How did that Shabbat, guy's been with the Senators for years? How, how did Shabbat and Kachuk not get those? What the heck? Man, Melnick's cheap. Staying <laughs> on the trade front, though, uh, the Flames, also from Pierre Lebrun, uh, they look to be adding some secondary dairy scoring. Uh, he also kind of added in that that he could see the Habs and the Sens being natural trade partners. Okay, hold on. Who's a player who we know has played for Dale Sutler? Sitter? Sut- what am I doing? Why am I dumb? Uh, who's played Sutter. for them? Who's played for Daryl Sutter? Yep. Sittler, Sutler, Suthers. There's so many of the bastards. For Daryl Sutter. <laughs> you, you can do it. Uh, it's like saying preliminary. It's, it take, <laughs> takes me a while. Anyway, who's played for Big Daryl? Won a Stanley Cup with him and can score goals. Who is it? Who am I thinking of? And he plays for one of the Montreal Canadiens or the Ottawa Senators. Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli makes a lot of sense for me to go there. It does. Like It feels like it's the perfect, perfect option. Mm-hmm. You're trading a guy within Canada who's already in Canada. Um and he's a second, like you're asking for secondary scoring and you're going to get it. Like you're going to get it. Look what he did when he went from LA to Vancouver. Look what he did last year with Montreal. Secondary scoring. Boom. You have it, Daryl Sutter. That's all. That's all you need. And being part of that third line, the, the 70s line, I believe they were called. He was wicked there. Absolutely wicked for LA. So he's the... I he's got term, so you feel like it's gonna be a little more expensive. But the Flames, it feels like they're always in on something, but they never land the big fish. They've never done it. I'm not saying Tavoli's the big fish, but that's a damn good player for you to bring in. And there's cost control: four point two million dollars for two years after this. Come on, and he doesn't have any trade protection. Let's go. I got a couple of targets. I think. Go I ahead. Think- the Flames need two things. Okay. They need a puck-moving defenseman 
and they need a top six forward. Minds that come to me or names that come to me when I think of that defenseman, I think there have been a lot of links to Mark Giordano returning very quickly. Um, I don't know how, but they maybe pull off John Klingberg. Um, but then a couple other, you know, even like a guy like Gustav Forsling, he'd be a, a, a good second pair of defenseman. I don't know. I'm just throwing names out there when it comes to that or Ben Chirot. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> but uh, did you like my, you remember my, what, what was my scenario for Ben Chirot yesterday? Um, you said, oh, let me hold on a minute. I think you were like McDavid and Dryside or Toast sending them. What was it? Was that them? No, it wasn't oh. them, but I did send you something about Sherrod. Did, did you send it on Instagram or, or text? I DM'd it to you. DM'd it? Okay, one minute. Wait, wait, wait. On, on Instagram or Twitter? What, what do you think is a DM? I don't... Both! On Instagram. Oh, okay. Let me go find it. Okay, I you propose send, You send a lot of stuff on Instagram. I proposed Stone and Charette and Patrick. That was it. <laughs> Stone and Patrick. I love it. I love but, it. But I mean, not even that. I mean, Tyler Toffoli, he would probably be the best option for a top six forward for them. Uh, other options, I think Josh Bailey, he's got another two more years with the terrible Islanders. Um, even even a guy like Tuna or Gus, Gus Nyquist. Sure. See, I, I, I went to go look at Seattle. Um, and because you brought you brought up Mark Giordano, which the connection has been made there, and I think that would be Make quite nice. That would be quite nice. Why don't be you? Hilarious. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> why don't you? Oh, you know that's Mar- fine. We can just trade with former teammates, but oh, we're going to question Shea Weber not being able to play hockey. Ah, oh, because you know Gary Bettman, look at me. Oh my God, Do you not like Gary Bettman? I can't stand the man. <laughs> really. Uh, I, I was going to suggest Mark Giordano and Jordan Eberle. That's not bad. After he this year, he has two more years at five and a half. It's it's yeah, that's a little that's a maybe a little pricey, but still like he has twenty six points this year, twelve goals, and that's on may Seattle. I, may I interest you in a slightly used Jeff Petrie? Scott term. Yeah. The way I think of it too, though, is like, what would you have to give up? Say for, for a guy like Eberly or for a guy like Giordano. Uh, What would they want? Because we know Seattle are going to, they're going to ask for a price and they're not going to prioritize cap space. (laughs) And then just, uh, they need to have a good deadline, but they have to. Um, that's good. What you you probably think it's a prospect in a second rounder? I mean, you want scoring help? You, you gotta got to dangle turned. guys like Jake Jake Pelletier, uh, Connor Zary, mm-hmm. um, Matt Coronado, also Dustin Wolf, who's arguably the best goaltender not in the NHL yet. Uh, they have some cost controlled players that they can get rid of. Why why why'd your head dip like? Okay, like Dylan Dubé. I, I leaned over to yawn. Okay. Um, I mean, that's just what I think. Connor Mackey, reliable two-way defenseman. You yep, can throw no. in him in for a Giordano trade. Mm-hmm. I think maybe if you're so Calgary, you... I remember Yusuf Balamaki. A lot of people talked about how he signed, yes, for another year. But a lot of people always thought he needed to change his scenery. 
Probably so. Killington's have like the year Killington's happens probably pushed him down the depth chart a little bit. It's Chillington because he's chill. Chillington. Man, there's Chillington. a K. I don't care. It's a K. I'm no, no. It's like how how Borbietsky. No, it's Borwicky. No, Borbietsky. Borwicky. Where's the Where's the K and the X? No, Borbietsky. No. Come on, let's let's come on, let's be smart here. All three of us have weird last names, but they make sense when you look at the spelling. Flujay, Hanimian, Jagasa. They they make sense. Oh, but but it's like Brady Shea. It's like Hanimian how does that work? So. Hmm? Hanimian more so. I think my yeah. name's pretty straightforward. Yeah, French people. But get Alex my is name just extremely right. Armenian. Yeah, that 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 that's is quite true. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> I guarantee you, there's one Zach Bergosian jersey sale in Toronto. That's me. <laughs> I will say. With- and it's me. And then he went and they left. I was a little upset. And then I wanted to go watch him play. But of course, good old Doug Ford had to stop me from doing that. Impression. Sorry, I had to yawn there. Um, a long day. Long day. Um, I hate asynchronous classes so much. They just they rip the soul out of my body. I hate classes. Same. Okay. Uh, I hate not knowing what to call my school when I talk to people. I had my dentist the other day, right? Just cleaning after I got my braces off. And God, goodness gracious, I'm like, I was like, there's like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, yeah, I go to university at Ryerson. And I'm like, I don't know what to call it. She just laughs. Like, yeah, I get it. It's like, we, we had, before we get back to, to hockey, we had the, for, for my class, for learn to journ. Hashtag yeah. learn to journ. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had um, the Queens Park Bureau Chief of CTV. And um, one of the top radio reporters at six at City City News six eighty, come on, very respected journalists, and they're like, dude, what do we call your school? I so I asked a professor for this this pitch I was putting in right, and I'm like, uh, so for this pitch, do I say Ryerson or X University? And she told me whatever you like. I'm like, wow, I, I don't know what to say. And then in our next lab, she's like. I don't know what to call it either. Whatever we're going by, this it's such a joke. It's been over a year and they still don't know what to do. Anyway, my, uh, Alex, I don't know if we got to cut that part, but no, um, worse, it could be it could be it could be the Washington football year football team for a year. What is they called and then, now? The and then the team name that you come up with is worse than the Washington. Com- football what is it? Team. The Commanders? The Commandos? Commanders? commanders. That's lame. I, I, was, I was a fan of the WFT name. It kind of grew on me. It did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, this needed a better logo than just the writing in a fancy font. I hate that. That's why I don't like the Capitals logo because it's just this is capital. I miss the Eagle. Evgeny uh, Kuznetsov is still playing. What are you talking about? What? Evgeny Kuznetsov is still playing. No, he's the fl- okay. All right, I should have walked into that one, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Kind of like how the Leafs are walking through teams right now. Whoa! What a segue. Uh, that, was, that was a good one. Uh, so first game back from the break, the Leafs go against the Hurricanes, a bit of a thrilling game, uh, but it was a great game for Peter Morazzi. He had some great stops, including the one on Sebastian. Oh, that breakaway. I think that's the save you remember when you look back at that game. Um, and I'm going to quote that what Daniel put in the docker because it was so good. Morazic outduels Freddie like Mace avenging Kit Fisto. What, what Daniel doesn't mention is moments later, Anakin betraying Mace. <laughs> we won't mention that. Shout out to Kenobi coming. Yeah. Uh, this year. Can't wait. 
Also, I think I think Book of Boba Fett's finale comes out tomorrow. So once I'm done schooling that, I'm binging that entire season. I'll be sure to tweet it. I got a message at Gavin Axelrod and be like, can you please just wait a day? No. Please. Not, not happening. Don't do this. And by the way, Nintendo, 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 the direct <laughs> happened. Where's Breath of the Wild 2, Nintendo? Where is it, Nintendo? Yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo. If you're listening, Nintendo, release the game, Nintendo. Where is it? Where is it? Where is where this game? The, where Nintendo? is the game? I need it. <laughs> I need it so badly. We all, it's, come on, respect. Okay. Uh, but the Leafs. The Leafs. I, I, thought it was, I wish Mirazik played like that. Like, it's again, um, what? It's Mazeric? Any team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against any other team. Like, it was, I remember his first game after he came back from injury, he was just all over the place. I'm like, Mirazik, brother, come on. Let's, let's, brother, brother, let's, come on, let's, let's <laughs> slow down. <laughs> what are you doing, brother? We can't be losing the coyotes here. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry. Okay. You know what? I got us on track. Mirazik mania is going to roll all over you. <laughs> Ah oh, man! Next time he plays, we gotta do that. Um, and he gets, he gets <laughs> caught in a sex tape scandal. It's like, oh no! I lost my train of thought, guys. So give me uh, a second. Here. You wish he played like that. I all wish, the yeah, time. I wish he played like that all the time. Like, because last night Carolina is not an easy team uh, to play against at all. They're so well coached. They're them. very well coached. Yeah, like ridiculously well. Uh, they're just so good. Rod the bod playing Frisbee in uh, at BMO Fields. <laughs> just ridiculous. Um, but I just, yeah, Mrazic surprised me last night. I, to be honest, the entire team surprised me a little bit. Uh, I, I thought that game was going to be quite difficult. The, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are probably, I think in terms of point percentage, they're the best team in the East. No, they're not. Wow. They're the best team in their division, but still, they're a tough team to play against. What? Second. Second what? No, they're not. They're first. What? Go New York Rangers. Okay. I apologize. They're whatever. They're one of the top teams in the Metro. You know, the the Rangers need to work on that five-on-five scoring, but go on, Alex. (laughs) How are the Habs doing? Dead last on track to get Shane right for all I care. <laughs> no, I, I hiring yeah. the second second head coach firing in as many years. Let's go. I can't wait to just be back here again with you for the draft lottery. Yeah, yeah we're gonna be your place for it, and I'm oh, gonna yeah. be crying. Tears. <laughs> anyway, um, where were Alex? I'm sorry. The hurricane. No, no, I don't like. It was just I was. I thought they played a. Uh, I thought they played well against the hurricanes and uh, you know everyone loves to talk about uh for some reason people choose the teams in the west as like benchmark games not entirely sure why um but i think the teams in the east should be more of benchmark games for this team carolina new york florida tampa so for them to go up against the hurricanes and win um and play the way they did like keeping up with the carolina hurricanes i thought is impressive. This got a the big thing is like when I hear what was it against the Colorado Avalanche? They were like a cup final preview here, and you're like, 
uh, they got to get through some teams in the East. So I'm right. like, that's another thing is you better mark yourself against the guys you got to get through in the first three rounds. Right. And the Hurricanes are going to be a team that they probably odds on if you want to get to the finals, you got to go through them. Yeah. Unless they run into the Bruins because then they're going to lose like they always do. But no one talks about how they always lose to the Bruins, by the way. No, the on, only the Leafs lose to the Bruins. Only yeah. the Leafs blow leads. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys know that. Only the Leafs <laughs> blow leads. Yeah, um, do you no remember the last does. time there was a game seven between Montreal and Boston at TD Garden? Yeah, that's like don't one. Care. Of, you know, don't mind me. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. Irrelevant. Yeah, it matters to me. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> and then Marty the Saint Louis ruined them in the in, in the third round anyway, <laughs> so it didn't really with, matter. With just a beautiful one-on-one goal, never forget that. But um. Um, you know, yeah, character win by by Leafs, good for them. Uh, I made money that game. That's all that matters. Shout out Tony, thank you. Um, but I mean, we talk a lot about how stacked, how absolutely stacked this Atlantic Division is, and I think now especially is the time that. I have no doubt in my mind that I just I think Florida's coming away with this division. I think they they're gonna I don't know what deadline acquisition they can make, but they're just a well-oiled machine. Like in terms of be, winning the division in the regular season or coming yeah, out. Yeah, sorry, of that as bracket. in coming out with that top top seed okay. in the division. I think they'll honestly I think they'll come away with the first. They'll be they'll be playing whoever's the lowest wild card. I think they're better than Carolina, but I think now is the time where the Leafs, especially they have three games in hand to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think they could really start, um, you know, making some ground. I mean, the Bruins aren't going to be – the Bruins aren't going to catch up to the Lightning no. or the Leafs. I think they're just even going to get worse now. But the Leafs have a very favorable schedule in the next little while. I th- They're it, playing – In terms of teams played. You mean? Yeah, they're playing the flame. Yeah, yeah, no, they got to. It's the NHL. You're playing like a freaking mule. But the Flames will be whatever the Flames are. Then you got the Nucks, the Kraken, Penguins, and Blues. Get that out of the way. Then you got the Habs, Blue Jackets again. You got to stop with the Red Wings. You got the Sabres, Canucks, Blue Jackets, Kraken, Coyotes, Sabres. Like the, the beginning of March, they should honestly just not lose a game. Until February, until March fifteenth, between March second and March fifteenth. I'd very much like that, by the way. I know you would, but I think this is the biggest test now, where Sheldon Keith can start slapping this team together, and just like, come on, like this In is what where way? you can start making like getting past, like all these, all these def- like I don't even know how to put it. We saw the All or Nothing documentary together. <laughs> We saw... Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> oh, yes, we did. <laughs> there was night. some drinking involved. <laughs> it no, was needed. No, but there was. Yeah, a... <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> but we saw that at times we didn't see Sheldon Keefe almost like have control of his team. And, you know, a coach that has the control of his team that he needs to guide that team to the playoffs doesn't let that team. It, granted, a lot of it is on the team itself. They don't lose. They don't give up a. They don't like blow a lead five out out of six games. But that's behind us. That's behind you guys, mm-hmm. not us. That's behind you. You said guys. us. You said us. <laughs> I meant behind Adam, us. You heard it. Adam, you heard it.
You heard him say yes. I hate you. You But that's behind you guys. So now, you know, this is where you can start. Because at the end of the day, from just from the last few years alone, I genuinely think that the Leafs have the best chance to make it to the second round this year. And it's against Tampa. Tampa, who has won the Stanley Cup the last two years in a row. Why, why would you say that? No, and, and I, before I say this, I, I said at the beginning of last year that Montreal would be Toronto's toughest competition. Last Spot, year? I said last year, as when the season started, I said yes. everyone was talking about Edmonton. I said, no, no, no. Montreal is Toronto's toughest competition. You and I both said that. Right. Spot on. Um, like usual. Um, I, I would have said last year was to get to the, the conference finals, you're going through Montreal and you're going through Winnipeg. And, and looking back at last year's teams versus Tampa Bay and Florida. All respect to Montreal and Winnipeg. It's Tampa Bay and Florida. Like, those are two tough, tough teams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, right, is the Leafs' greatest chance is they need to win the division because, quite frankly, the the Capitals are – people are talking about it, but the Capitals lately have been kind of deflated, and I don't think they have faith in their goaltenders. Otherwise, they wouldn't try and get Marc-Andre Fleury. Um and they wouldn't have had to go back and get Vinny Vanacek and Phoenix Copley wouldn't be starting games like he is. And like Zach Bucall, remember that story? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. It's been very quiet in, in, in Washington. I mean, um, all they've really, all the only offense they've had is from Ovi. Exactly. And he's, and, and Ovi's cold, been kind like, of cold lately. Like, and, to put into perspective, Tom Wilson is having a career year. He is. <laughs> All star, Tom Wilson. So, to, to get going where I was there, and the Bruins are just not them anymore. So the Leafs, like, to win the round, because that's the expectation, is win a round, unfortunately. That's all the expectation. That's, like, that's the necessity. That's, bi- that's bare minimum. If they don't they, win a they, round, anyway, Kaif is fired. They, they Tava, have to win a Everyone's round. fired. Like they everyone. have to. Yeah. And the best chance of that is winning the division. Because I don't, I don't like them in a seven-game series against Tampa or the Panthers. Like I, I neither do I. Who, who would like playing those teams? Um, no and by the way, I don't believe that narrative of ah, oh, you beat the two teams beat each other up and then they're waiting in the no that, that doesn't that's not what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not like, the playoffs now. So and it's just I'm that they need to win the division. They can do that. It helps that Marner is. Is on another planet right now. Not I'm not saying that they don't have there. a chance to win the division, but I just I don't think they're going to win the division. They they're they're within striking distance right now. They are, but I just I really think Florida is just too good. Like where the hell do they come from? And, they, and it, it also helps that Florida has. Uh, do they have cap space? They 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 can find cap space probably a little bit easier than the Leafs. To make a deadline addition, like we're talking, we're talking about them adding fun. Jacob have... Chikorin. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they're going to do Chikorin though, because they don't want to. It sounds like Arizona want um, Lundell, and that's just not going to happen. Um, what? what I, here's the thing about floor. I still, I'm going to keep questioning the goaltending. I'm still going to question the goaltending because Bobrovsky in the playoffs has had one good round in his year. Where they, where they swept Tampa, and he wasn't mm-hmm. great in the first period. 
And it was like the coaching move of the century when he kept, when Tortorella kept Bobrovsky. Or even so, like last year, he got pulled for Spencer Knight. They had, yeah, didn't they have three different goalies for the playoffs? They had three goalies. I forgot who the other one is, but he literally got Drieger. That's it. They had Drieger. Sorry, Chief Renee's in Seattle now. But they literally played Knight and, and Drieger over after he had like one bad game, maybe one bad period. It was hilarious. So I, I just pulled up the standings with points percentage. The yeah. Atlantic division is like the top three is genuinely disgusting. Like it's, it's yeah, they're all above 700. And I scroll down to the Pacific Vegas has a points percentage of 628. LA has a points percentage of 585. Anaheim has a points percentage of 573. My Lord. And what are the top three in the Atlantics? 734, 717, and then 733. And is that who's the order there from top to bottom? Uh Florida, Tampa, and Toronto. Tampa is a is a point behind uh is a point behind Florida. That's disgusting. And F- I hate it. Five three of the top five teams in the National Hockey League by points percentage are in the Atlantic. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, yet, I don't know why. I don't know why there's something. I just feel, and I'm not rooting for them because I'm still going to be rooting for the other team. Sorry, Alex, but I fair. genuinely think that this could be the year. I mean, we always say that every year. Every and every hockey fan ever is like, "Oh, the Leafs. This this has to be their year, right?" Mike, I don't we can know go why. back through some of our texts. I'm sure we've said some crazy things. Of course, about we it have. Being the but Leafs I don't know year. why. I think. I don't know. I just, I think that this can, I don't know why, but I think we're just so used to them playing first you at Boston. Then they just got straight up, just punched in the mouth by Columbus in Montreal. But I don't know how to, I don't know how to put it. I don't know why I have this weird feeling that they can, you know, for once, you know, it when they played Boston, it was, yeah for the most part, an even matchup to the Leafs being an underdog. Like that was the gauge. They're either the underdog or it was kind of a, a middle matchup, regardless of where they ended in the standings. But Montreal and Columbus were clear underdogs to the Leafs. I just don't know why, but I think that they can respond if they are the underdog now. They've been the underdog, I guess, if you kind of look at playoff history, but they're going to be a legitimate underdog to the Tampa Bay Lightning and Florida Panthers, regardless of how the standings end. And I think, I don't know why, there's just some weird feeling in me that just, it's been, it's been this, this many years. How can you keep losing in the first round? Mike, I appreciate your optimism. I genuinely You're welcome. Do. I don't know I why. I genuinely <laughs> feel that way. I don't know why. The, I'd like to make a note. This is the nicest Mike has talking about the Leafs since that night. Well, I've been so nasty to Alex all year. In, in, yeah. In oh, yeah. I, I've been vicious to Alex this year. <laughs> Can't repeat some of the words said in these group chats. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> I may lose some people who support the show. Uh, <laughs> to finish off, I want to read you guys something here. 102 likes, 24 retweets, 2,254 quote tweets <laughs> on that why women's uh, hockey doesn't belong in the Olympics article. I don't remember the last time I saw a ratio that bad in hockey, uh, but it's there. 
I wanted to mention this because, uh, you know, I stayed up to watch the uh, U.S.-Canada women's game. Uh, you know, coming off of the Habs and then the All-Star weekend, which sucked, the intensity of watching that game, and I know it's probably, you know, it's, oh, it's, yeah, the American and Canadian games. You just kind of look at the effort there and the skill, and, of course, Marie-Philippe allowed score in the penalty, uh, that penalty shot. Of course she did. She, it's her. Just shut up. What an awful article. Uh, Haley, Haley Salvian had a good article that I think people should go check out too. She had a great um, metaphor too that that was that really resonated to me. China has won the last 30. Why are you laughing, Alex? China has won the last 32 of 37 ping pong tournaments, table tennis tournaments. While that is not as big of a sport, I guess, over here, no one is telling them that there shouldn't be uh, table tennis because there's only one clear nation really that's going to dominate it. I mean, how the hell are you supposed to grow a game if you're just going to take it out? It's a, it's a process. It takes time to grow games. It takes a process to make games accessible and to make them more enticing to people. So I still, I truly do believe women's hockey will become a much powerful stronger sport and following in a matter of time, but scrapping it all together because th- that just makes no logical sense. You guys see who won group B? Uh, was it, um, Japan De- won oh, Japan. group B. Yeah. Japan. Good for, them. Good for them. That's over the Czech Republic. That's over Sweden. Which I, I'm just trying to trying to tell, like, hello, Matt. Like, yeah, yeah it's just such a ridiculous thing it, to say. It's such a it was such a bush league argument too. I like couldn't it, even read the article. Oh yeah, because no, of the you didn't fact miss that, much. Well, I don't have a Toronto Star subscription, so I got hit with a pay, paywall. I don't know about you guys, but I got the gist of it from what I read all across like the Twitter sphere and stuff like Abomination that. Abomination domination. that should be the title of the show um but it's like of all the newspapers i was surprised it was that one by the way it was just what a bush league like argument to make because it's not good right now we should scrap it until it's good eventually how does that how does that make sense like what's the olympics there for other than political statements what's the olympics there what's the olympics there for like competition for the, for the, for the competition. sport, the gross sport for the for growing. You know I mean, right. we gotta talk about why they're wearing masks on. I'm kidding, sorry, I'm not touching that can of worms. <laughs> yeah, you're no, kill but us, like, Mike. there's no, there's no like investment. Investment matters. I mean, it, the biggest, that, the biggest, it's not a matter of the fact that Olymp- Olympic hockey or women's hockey doesn't belong at the Olympic Games. These women, yo, bro, these guys can, guys, these women can skate. They can shoot. They're, they're really good. They're really good. But they, but they just, there's no proper investment in it. What is the point of scrapping something like this altogether when there are still so many little girls growing up that are idolizing these people as these players? Like, you're just going to take that away. Like, they dream for years. And this is already a sport that already spits in the face of women's hockey when you're downright canceling tournaments instead of postponing them and not giving them chance to showcase themselves. Like, I think if they're, you know, 
like it, the you just gotta invest and make it work, there, and then you won't have yeah. to have this kind of argument. I I think I don't know if you guys listened to I think it was Monday's STP. I think Adam Wilde had it like spot on in terms of like the story we should be talking about is the success of programs, whether it's men's women's, whether it's uh, soccer, whether it's hockey, whether it's basketball, we should be talking about programs that are um, that have succeeded from growing from a small program to a bigger program. We're currently seeing that with soccer Canada. And I hope someone writes that story. If it's not already written. Um, I think they talked about Germany. Uh, Like, Mm -hmm we have to talk about how are we going to get from point a to point B? We shouldn't be talking about we're at point a and we're not, we're never going to get to point B never should not be the, like the vocabulary. We haven't put enough resources into women's hockey to say it's never going to work. Like that's just plain false, mm-hmm. plain you know false. I, you know what I love? Tell me, you know, what's great to help build the women's game. Women like female riders completely, you know, lowering the value of the game. Like, what are you thinking? What benefit do you see the writing that? Yeah, you get mad clicks from it, but you're just doing so much work undone by that. Yeah, it's just like, it's sensationalism. And, yeah, exactly. It's I don't understand why sensationalism like this has to come out when women's hockey you're just kicking them when they're down. They've had to endure so much in the last, like this pandemic has put such a bigger toll. I know a girl that had to take a year off in the NCAA because of the fact that the Ivy league just couldn't support women's hockey for a year. She had to take a year off. Now, obviously you, you like, like that, that shouldn't happen. That's one of the, she's one of those hardworking girls I've seen and she couldn't play for a year because of, because of that. And the same thing goes for these girls at the U18 championship. And now the same goes for anybody who has something to say about the Olympics, even though the women's Olympic women's hockey in the Olympics is alive. You're basically just saying, Oh, we should just, you're saying you're agreeing with these, these same, same, uh, this, the uh, double IHF, the same different federations that are saying, oh, well, we had to cancel it. You're basically saying, okay, well, we might as well do that for this too. And that's not right. That's not right. That's not right at all because, you know, we talk about growing the game so much among different races with your stupid little state, like uh, what, what should we call it? Euro series. What do they call it? You know, when the NHL goes global, global series, yeah, global, yeah. You, talk, you talk about how much you're growing it like and 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 you know you you talk about how much you grow it rightfully in markets like Vegas where we saw that they have a 300% increase in players signing up to play hockey there that's amazing but what has what has the sport done to grow the women's game it's done it's done what it can to grow uh to grow hockey in the desert apparently and try and, and grow it across the pond in places like Finland, Germany. Look how far Germany has come as a hockey nation. But we're talking about like women hockey players who have the same type of, of dreams that us guys do growing up when we want to play hockey. At the end of the day, when I grow up and say I have a daughter and a son, 
And I got to tell my daughter, no, you can't really make millions and, and have the same kind of experiences as your brother if he grows up one day to play in the NHL. That's just not right. I understand viewership. I understand all that stuff. I understand how economic models work when it comes to all this stuff. But just flat out giving up on it is pathetic. With that, I think we can end the episode. Um, I, listen, I do have a little bit of breaking news. It's 20 minutes old, though. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure why they're doing this, but the Chicago Blackhawks are telling us everyone they're hiring or interviewing. Sorry. Um, they interviewed Matthew Darsh for their GM <laughs> position. Poor guy. <laughs> He's interviewing everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, so. and Craig Berube signed three years with St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that is that's what I have to say. All right. I have breaking news from three minutes ago. What's that? UC Saros gets the start against <laughs> oh, Dallas. Oh. Okay, go. fair, fair. There you go. Fair. Also, Mark Borat Borbietsky. Cool. Bor Borwicky. Non COVID illness will not play. That's I don't interesting. Know why I'm getting Dallas news in my feed? I'm national, <laughs> but cool. Uh, okay, thank you for watching. You can check out Mike Round uh, Roundtable podcast, all his stuff. Um, check out Alex's Gubbins as well. Uh, yeah. Supposed to see the blog. Something coming soon. Yeah. No, we're still waiting. Still coming soon. We're still waiting. No, I have I have something planned for tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to get released, but uh, oh, okay. For Guelph, Nighthawk okay. stuff coming soon. Um, Pair of videos on the YouTube channel. Ducharme's firing. Um, St. Louis hiring. That'll be pretty funny. Um, yeah, check out the show on social media. Spotify, the YouTube for the visual version of it. Uh, what else can we look at? TikTok. We you, love the TikToks going I'll nuts. leave you with a very important quote that I want you to think about, Adam. Okay, we'll end the show with this. Voice head, thank you. If a man does not have sauce, then he is lost. But the same man can get lost in the sauce. Is it the lamb sauce? <laughs> no. Wait, who said the quote? Who said the quote? Who said the quote? Gucci Mane. <laughs>